Well, today on The Bottom Line, we're going to talk about transformation. We're going to talk about a supernatural transformation that only comes from the Lord. And yet, at the same time, there are so many characteristics of Jesus that have power. And, and we, as the body of Christ, don't often really get a handle on what they're all about. Dr. Steve Foss has written a brand new book called Looking into Jesus, 30 Days of Transformation. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, Dr. Steve Foss has traveled the nations of the world for more than 30 years. He's pastored three different churches, discipled over a half million people, uh, senior associate evangelist with Morris Cirillo, World Evangelism, and uh, the author of this brand new book. Dr. Steve Foss, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you today. I, I love this approach that you're taking here with this resource for the simple reason that oftentimes I think the Western church wants a three-step plan to follow or five days to a better this or whatever. And this really gives us a chance to do some training, you know, to develop some patterns and kind of undo some of the, you know, misnomers that we might have in the Western church. Talk about the the genesis of the book for you, where it was coming from in your ministry. Well, it actually happened. I, I had an incredible experience. I know some people don't understand, but it, I, I was in a deep time of worship, and all of a sudden, I was having a vision uh, of, of the uh, an end time battle. And a lot of these times, these are very symbolic. And in the vision, there was uh, uh, so many battles going on and attacks of the enemy against God's people. And I saw many of God's people being overcome by the attack of the enemy, almost to the where it looked like they were buried in shallow graves. Mm. And then I saw wind of the Spirit blow and actually blow off the, uh, the, the dirt over them, and they rose up. And there were angels attending to these fallen soldiers, and the soldiers were like feeling very lost, and I'm so far from Jesus. And the angels kept saying, look unto Jesus, look unto Jesus. Focus on him and what he's focused on. And they said, pray for Isalve, like you see in, in Revelation chapter 3. Mm-hmm. He's closer than you think. And out of this, uh, there was a tremendous burden to begin to see Jesus as he really is. The key and answer to their victory and to overcoming, and even coming back to the Lord, is to see him as he is. And then I was so drawn to the book of Revelation because, you know, Revelation is really... Uh, preparing a people for the most intense season the world will ever see. And whether people believe in a, uh, a rapture before the tribulation or after, it really doesn't matter, because there's a great truth in here, that before God revealed what was about to happen in the most intense, obviously, uh, season of the world, he revealed more of himself than in any other place in Scripture. There are more descriptions of Jesus in Revelation chapter 1 than any single place in all of the Bible. And it really struck me in my heart. If God was about to say, here's the the most intense things that are about to happen on the earth, so to prepare an end-time people, I'm going to give the greatest revelation of who I am. Because there's nothing that transforms the human heart like the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. Dr. Steve Foss is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Looking Unto Jesus is the book, 30 Days of Transformation. The link is for the book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And this is a first for me, Dr. Foss, I mean, in terms of taking Bible study. Every time I have cracked the page for Revelation, you know, from 1 to 22, I often find myself just saying, okay, I'm looking for prophecy, I'm looking for end times, I'm looking for eschatology, that type of thing. I have never, and I'll just be perfectly honest with you, cracked open that portion of Scripture and said, I want to learn more about Jesus. 
you know, it's all about Jesus coming back, right? It's all about Jesus, you know, ruling and reigning and that type of stuff. But you've given us 30 different descriptions that are all found in Revelation 1 that literally talk about descriptions of Jesus. And pulling them aside, it really does help us to really, like you said, see him as he is. Uh, what was, was there anything, I mean, you've been doing this for more than 30 years. Was there any one part of this study as you were going back and reviewing that kind of caught you, I don't want to say unaware or off guard, but took you by surprise? Well, one of the things, you know, the first five words in the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is really revealing who he is and to the extent he's willing to go to in order to rescue his bride from an evil and corrupt world. Hmm. When I started looking at this, you know, you started seeing these phrases that we just blow past, like uh, the voice, the sound of a trumpet the voice, the sound of many waters, um, the Son of Man. You know, 85 times Jesus refers to him as the Son of Man. He mm. only calls himself the Son of God seven times. And each of these descriptions that are in there, if we they point us back into the rest of the Bible, through the mm -hmm. Old Testament, New Testament. We just, we blow past these, but they're actually full. One, my, probably my it's hard to have a favorite one because I think Son of Man is one of the most significant shifts to really focus on an incredible understanding that Jesus, Jesus didn't just come on and take a human body for 33 and a half years, die, get resurrected, you know, leave and go, whoo, I'm glad I'm done with that human form. Uh huh. Daniel says, when he sees the, uh, uh, in Daniel 7, talks about the rise of the Antichrist. He sees the courts of heaven seated, God the Father, the Ancient of Days seated, and one like the Son of Man riding on the clouds of heaven. That Jesus for all eternity, an incredible mystery, has taken on a human form, a resurrected human body. And then the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. You know, so often we focus that you see the focus on the eternal here. We focus on that we're going to just spend time in heaven forever and ever, but Jesus is coming back here to rule and reign here for a thousand years, and we're going to be with him in these new glorious resurrected bodies just like him. But I do have to say my absolute favorite is his eyes of fire. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was wondering where that ranked on your 1 through 30 list, because that's a that's a favorite one of mine, too. Talk about the—give us the context for that and how we can understand that in terms of growing in our own faith. You know, we look at—often uh, at you think of eyes of fire, we think of judgment. But there's a—in Bible study, there's a rule called the law of first mention. So you go mm -hmm. back to see— the first time a truth or principle is mentioned in the Scripture. And the first time fire is ever associated with God is back in the book of Genesis, where he says, our God is a consuming fire, a, a jealous God, a consuming fire. Hmm. Now, that word jealous is not in the negative sense of what we think of jealousy. It means that God is so passionately desirous for you that he wants every part of your heart, mind, soul. He right. wants every part of you. So the first time fire is actually attributed as an attribute of God, as when God is speaking about the intensity of his passion for you. He describes his love for you and me as fiery, passionate desire. Hmm. And so when we see Jesus, I, a lot of times people struggle with the idea that God has deep passion for us. 
that he passionately burns and desires us. Jesus says in John 17, when he's praying to his father, he says, Father, I desire that they be with me where I am. Mm -hmm. He longs for you and me. He desires us. You know, there's something in every human heart. We all want to be desired. Right. Don't want to be wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting as we think about um, the, this this passion, this desire that the Lord has for his bride. I, I think of all the times I've been, we'll be out, my wife and I'll be having dinner or something like that. We'll see a couple and, and she will be the first one to notice, look at the way he's looking at her, you know, and, and it's either with desire or contempt or appreciation or this, that, and the other thing. And I think this is something, especially for us guys, the idea that we have that capacity, I think it is Christ-like in the sense that if it's good and healthy, obviously it's a, it's a good direction to have. But then to take a step back and look at our Lord, our Savior, our bridegroom, you know, looking at his church with that same kind of desire, we want that. You know, we, we definitely want that and we desperately need it too. And I, it's a great illustration. Dr. Steve Foss is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, Looking Unto Jesus, 30 Days of Transformation is the brand new book. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Dr. Steve Foss is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Looking Unto Jesus is the brand new book, 30 Days of Transformation. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Dr. Foss traveling the country and the nations literally for more than three decades and a senior associate evangelist with Morris Cirillo World Evangelism. And if you are a fan of Sean Tabbitt, who's been on our program, or Laura Harris-Smith, you know that they also show up a lot on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural TV program. And that's a, you're a regular there too, Steve. Talk about why that that platform, I mean, here I am giving, you know, Sid some free time, but I mean, why not? I mean, this is a place where a lot of believers come and they see, you know, what's happening here. What you're discussing here is more than just a three tips to a happy marriage type of thing. I mean, we're talking about the church's relationship with Jesus at this point. You know, we, we live in a day where I like to talk about three, three, you know, uh, strategies to have a great family or great life or victory. And also one of the other things that we teach a lot on is, who we are in Christ. And although that is incredibly important, the problem is, is until you actually see him as he is, mm-hmm. you can't get a, co- co- a proper understanding of who you are. You know, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, as we continue to behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. If we're not properly seeing him, we will not properly understand who we're being created to be. 
And it begins with the, with the divine motive of God. God loves us more than just us, for us. I, I want to paint this picture. When God created man, he created man for an incredible, eternal, divine purpose. He was creating a bride for his son, Jesus. Amen. A bride that would be worthy of his son. I mean, if you think about it, who could possibly be worthy of God except one that looked just like God? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why the Bible says we've been predestined by God to be conformed into his image. The father's not going to give to his son a broken bride or a a weak bride or a sinful bride. He's going to give to his son a bride that is, the Bible says, spotless and, and without blemish. He's going to give himself a perfected bride, a bride that looks like him. And Jesus says five times in in the great prayer in John 17, the longest prayer we see with Jesus with his Father, five times he says, speaking of the believers, those whom you gave me. Mm -hmm. I like to phrase it this way. If you had a nice uh, piece of jewelry, a beautiful necklace, and you lost it, and it was your favorite necklace, and you lost it, you'd be very sad. And it could be very disappointing. You'd search for it. But ultimately, you probably could go out and buy another one. But if that necklace was your grandmother's, and Mm. she had it from a child, and she gave it to you on her deathbed, now to lose that necklace, it becomes irreplaceable. It's not irreplaceable because of the necklace. It's irreplaceable because of who gave it to you. Right, right. The Father gave you and me to Jesus. And Jesus says, I will not lose one whom you gave me. He's, That's a, his it's staggering. Is so intense. <laughs> yeah, it really is staggering to think about that, Steve. I mean, it's 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 amazing to think about the kind of uh, passion that the Lord has for His church, and yet when you were describing this in our previous segment about that, you know, having the, the the flames, you know, literally coming out of His eyes, it's that intense. I mean, it's that real, but it's also that intense. Let me give you a quick story. Uh, a number of years back, I uh, we adopted a, a young man. He was actually an illegal adult when we adopted him. Horrible background, terrible drug uh, family, both parents addicts. And uh, God did amazing work in him, delivered him. He started serving as a youth pastor. He was an incredible evangelist, um, had a medical issue, and got hooked back on opiates. Hmm. For three and a half years, went into horrible opiate and meth addiction. And I literally was chasing him down because I, I, he was so down on himself. He was actually trying to just OD. Mm. And I chased him down the streets one time while I was waiting for one of his drug buttons. I found him, and he hopped in the car for a few minutes and talked to me. And then when he jumped out, his, his drug buddy showed up. He jumped out and said, see you later, Dad. And all of a sudden, God opened my eyes, and I saw this drug buddy friend of his, and I saw pure darkness on the inside and darkness on the outside. But then I saw my son, and I saw darkness on the outside that he had surrendered himself to. And that's all he could see about himself. But I saw the most beautiful white light on the inside. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I fight for that which is mine. Mm. Mm. And when everyone else told me to give up on him, everybody else told me, I even my church elders wanted me to quit on him. And just, and I said, how can I quit on him? God says, I fight for that which is mine. Amen. Amen. That's the kind of intensity of the passion love. And that's what these 30 descriptions begin to reveal, the intensity of his passion love and the seriousness of which he takes. Um, it, is, it is so transformative. Nothing transforms the human heart like the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ. 
I'm talking with Dr. Steve Foss today here on The Bottom Line. His book is called Looking Unto Jesus. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. These are 30 descriptions of Jesus taken from the book of Revelation in the first chapter. And you'll see that link, as I mentioned, up at thebottomlineshow.com. One of the things that, uh, one of the descriptions, I mean, we're familiar with him being referred to in Scripture as the Son of Man, the Alpha and the Omega, etc., one of the ones that actually kind of caught me a little off guard was firstborn from the dead. And I know that, and I believe that, but what specifically are we to get from that, Dr. Steve Foss, when we read that in Revelation 1? I love that because it's such the focus on the eternal. He is the firstborn of a, of a, new, a new existence, a new creation. God designed the human frame think about this for a moment, with the capacity to house the fullness of the unlimited God. Mm. The Bible says we've been preached. He said, the mystery of the gospel is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The word glory comes from the Greek word doxa, which means all that God is and all that God has. Mm -hmm. He originally designed the human frame to be able to engage and interact with God in the deepest and most intimate level. The reason the Bride of Christ analogy is so powerful is because he says, when a man shall leave his father and mother and, the two shall, uh, and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. There's a oneness that God is merging himself with humanity for all eternity, and he did it in Christ. And we see now this merging. I, I don't understand it. The mystery is so amazing and overwhelming for the human mind, but God is forever joining himself with humanity to fully share with himself himself with in every way form and fashion he is the head we are the body and the firstborn from the dead he's pointing us to that there is this new resurrected human frame that is going to fully experience and engage with the the divine with the glory of god for all of eternity and everything god will do for all eternity he's going to do with and through us as we're full partners with him in a divine heavenly marriage. Beautiful imagery, but also a wonderful reality that uh, Dr. Steve Foss is laying out for us today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Dr. Foss's brand new book is called Looking Unto Jesus, 30 Days of Transformation. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Talk about how we could put some boot leather, if you will, to what you've written about here. A lot of us will read this and say, that's great, I know this, but how do I live in this new reality that I've seen Jesus in a whole new light? When we begin to get our focus on the eternal, you know, everything tries to get our focus on the temporary here. If you go to a cemetery and you see a tombstone and it says like 1948 to 2023, and there's that little dash in between, Mm-hmm. That dash is your entire existence here on the earth. It's but a vapor in the scope of eternity. When we begin to focus on the eternal, and you'll see that throughout these descriptions and throughout the early church, there was such a focus on the eternal. When you have a hope, you know, one of the most famous scriptures people love is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, mm-hmm. a good and not evil, a future and a hope. We always keep thinking about a positive future here. But God always speaks through the eternal. He says, no, there's an eternal future I have for you, and an eternal hope that is so powerful. That's why the Bible calls the helmet of salvation, which you know, symbolically speaks of protecting our minds from stress and from the uh, deceits of the enemy. 
it, call, it calls it the hope of salvation. And that word hope, that salvation there is not when you get born again, but when Jesus finally comes back and we take on our new resurrected bodies. See, the hope of a glorious greater future will give you practical strength to overcome and to endure and persevere when we go through the stresses and the challenges and the temptations and the problems of this life. When you work out in a gym, why do guys push so hard and even have pain? Because they have the hope of a, of a, a better looking body. Hope, they, they're looking for hope. Hope gives you the power to endure whatever you're going through presently. Well, that's a great word of inspiration, encouragement, but also exhortation from Dr. Steve Foss today as we contemplate looking unto Jesus, the 30 days of transformation that he writes about in his brand new book with that same title. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we definitely have our marching orders. Dr. Steve Foss, thank you for the work you put in on this, and thank you for uh, uh, making time in your very busy uh, itinerant schedule to uh, share with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. Great to meet you, Steve. Nice to meet you, too. God bless you. Well, who among us hasn't dealt with worry and uh, and the effect that it has on our faith and on our life and our schedule? And I'm grateful for Carrie Eichberger for sharing with us today about how she has overcome uh, just all sorts of different uh, things that have plagued her. And you wouldn't know it to read the book or uh, just to hear her share her testimony now, but uh, grateful that this book is resonating with so many people. Again, the book is called Win Over Worry, Conquer What Shakes You, and Soar with the One Who Overcomes. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have not one, but two copies of this book that we're giving away today, so you have an excellent chance of winning one. 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, I want to talk about uh, an interesting poll that uh, gets into some of the worries that many people in the culture have, Christian and unbelievers alike, with regard to the end times and why more and more people are thinking about it but fewer and fewer people are worrying about it. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. My thanks again to Steve Foss for joining us for the past half hour here on The Bottom Line Show. Everyone's talking about Revelation and the end of the world. And Steve's book, Looking Unto Jesus, 30 Days of Transformation, is a great resource to have if you want to get it and then walk through what Steve points out. 30 different attributes of Jesus, literally, and found all of them in the first chapter of the book of Revelation. If you've never really gone through and studied Revelation, this is a book to have. Um, if you're more curious because of the events in the Middle East, it's a good one to have as well. We do have a copy to give away, and Crystal's standing by right now, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line for the book by Steve Foss called Looking Unto Jesus, 30 Days of Transformation. 800-227-5278. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it is Movie Monday, and we have a fantastic movie to share with you. Um, brand new movie on Great American Pure Flicks. You remember a couple of, well, about a month ago now, Sherry Rigby joined me, and we talked about um, the movie that she had uh, out, uh, Divine Influencer, that starred uh, Lara Silva, who's the uh, star of The Chosen. She plays Eden, the wife of Peter. Great American Pure Flix has got all sorts of really great family-friendly movies, and there's a movie that just made its debut this past Friday the 13th, and the movie is called Birthright Outlaw. Basically, it's an old-style Western 
Uh, stars Sarah Drew, who was the lead in Mom's Night Out, if you recall. She was on Grey's Anatomy. It's been a lot of faith-based films. And Lucas Black. Lucas Black has one of those faces. <laughs> He's been in Fast and Furious. He's been in so many different uh, great big screen movies. Matter of fact, if you remember the movie 42 with Chadwick Boseman, uh, Lucas Black played Pee Wee Reese. He's got that kind of look about him. He plays a pastor out in the old frontier. Uh, they're in Arizona, actually, and ironically, the town is called Last Chance. I believe they filmed it in Tucson, but that they call it Last Chance, Arizona. But it's about a woman who uh, was moved out there with her husband and her young daughter named Hope, obviously. And uh, they had a situation in their family where it turns out mom who wasn't who she said she was. And dad decides to stay in the relationship with her anyway. And what ensues is that mom's old past comes back to find her in the form of, ironically, her father. And the little girl who's kind of collateral damage in the story winds up getting kid kidnapped. It's a, it's a very powerful faith and redemption story about just because you were born into a certain family doesn't mean that you have to stay that way. Just because you were born into the sinful nature doesn't mean you can't be redeemed and grafted into God's forever family. Aaron Bur Burns is the uh, director of this fantastic new movie with Great American Pure Flicks. Uh, he's going to join me on the other side of this break and we'll be giving away not one, not two, but three six-month free subscriptions to Great American Pure Flicks to celebrate here on Movie Monday. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. When you were in an accident, Stephanie Cover of Cover Law is the only personal injury attorney you need. Stephanie talks to victims all the time who wish they would have signed with her first. Unfortunately, once you've signed a retainer with a different attorney, Stephanie can't represent you. So it's crucial to have Stephanie's number handy now and make the smart call the first time. Stephanie is the right attorney to represent your personal injury claim, specifically because she worked for insurance companies for 20 years, so she knows the best questions to ask and when. Stephanie knows when things don't sound accurate, and she knows when she's being deceived. Stephanie is a Christian, and telling the truth is vital, so she holds professionals to that standard, too. Stephanie's unique blend of skill, expertise, and compassion get you real results. Bookmark Stephanie's website now so you don't have regrets and pass it on to your friends and relatives who will need it. Just go to kbrightradio.com slash cover today to set up a free consultation. That's kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R. Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Happy return for the weekend for you. If you're just now tuning in, this is the half hour segment of the program where uh, everybody's with us together. This is the big old family meeting. And during this half hour, it's Movie Monday today here on the Bottom Line Show. We have a great opportunity uh, for you to there's a. Oh, boy, there's a great new movie that's available on Great American Pure Flix. It's called Birthright Outlaw. It premiered this past Friday, and Aaron Burns, who's the director of the movie, is going to join me coming up in the second segment of today's program to talk about this movie, and we're going to give you the opportunity to win not one, not two, but three six-month subscriptions to Great American Pure Flix. Absolutely free. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, updating, of course, the big story that we had this past Friday, that was the day of global jihad that was called for by those who call for global jihad. And as far as we can tell, outside of a few huge rallies in the Middle East, there was not 
huge global jihad, which is encouraging. The Israeli ground offensive was uh, stiff-armed a little bit, uh, somewhat, and hasn't uh, reared its ugly head just yet. But, you know, uh, stories are fluid and they can change and we'll see what happens. I think the the bigger issue, well, the, the two interesting aspects of this for me. Uh, first, that was, like Pastor Greg Laurie was part of a, an event at the Museum of Tolerance over the weekend. Um, had his son Jonathan preach at uh, the Harvest uh, Riverside, I believe, so he could be a part of that. And has been doing a lot of blogging and vlogging on that issue. Um, even Governor Newsom joining a lot of people. There was a uh, gathering in West L.A., Governor Newsom uh, condemning the violence and, you know, seemingly siding with Israel on this one, which is not something that progressives usually do. Then, of course, there was a pro-Palestinian rally, uh, Wilshire area, that uh, actually closed down a part of the 405 over the weekend, too. There's a lot of people just going back and forth and back and forth with uh, their support for one side or the other. And the, the dangerous thing about that support for us as Christians is when you start, I'm going to break this all down a little bit more in the final half hour of the program, but just as a precursor for that, um, that when it comes to the clear-cut winner, as it were, we have a biblical mandate as Christians to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We know that ultimately Jesus won the war. So, I mean, again, sin, death, and hell, and he will return to rule and reign in Jerusalem. So that's going to happen. So people who are concerned about what's happening right now and they're seeing the pictures and, you know, the devastation, it's awful. It's, it's so heartbreaking to, to, to watch and to see. But understanding that Jesus already won and what we're doing is waiting for his return. We're watching, we're praying. And of course, you're, you're dealing with the temporal needs. I know several uh, friends who are involved in Christian ministry who are in the Middle East right now who are caring for those who've been wounded. You know that when uh, any time there's Palestinians who are even some of the sworn enemies of Israel, Iranians, Syrians show up in Israel and they've been wounded by offensive that they in fact have launched, they will invariably, more times than not, uh, if not all the time, get treatment in Israeli hospitals. You know, that whole loving your enemy, that people are trying to rub you out, you know, that that's being played out. It's kind of part of Israeli culture, and it's very encouraging to see. Now, Israel's an interesting place because you've got Christians and Jews and Muslims all trying to coexist peacefully. Uh, the temple, the, the, the mosque, rather, on the Temple Mount was not destroyed over the weekend, as was uh, reportedly going to happen. And the idea that Israel is somehow driving Hamas from their, their lands isn't really true. 2005, you heard Bob Duco reference this on last week's National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, Prime Minister Ariel, Ariel Sharon literally led an occupation, uh, not the occupation, whatever the, the de-escalation of it. Israel basically vacated Gaza. And the only surveillance that you see from Israel, the only presence, of course, is the Iron Dome and some monitoring they do of international airspace. Other than that, it's basically been Israeli-free for the past 18 years. So the idea that the media are spending this all, you know, the, here are the pictures. This is Gaza before, this is Gaza after, and it's Israel's fault. And that's it. It's, it's not really entirely true. It, actually, it's not even close to being true. And when you see Hamas and they're you know, trumpeting the death tolls and look at all the innocent children who are being killed, what they aren't telling you is that they're doing a lot of the killing. And Israel saying we're going to mount a ground, off- mount a ground offensive here to defend what's ours, that's, that they're talking actually. I mean, that, that's really, that's the terms of the two-state solution from 2005. 
So please do not be fooled, but please also don't get hung up on the details to the point where you think, well, there's more bombs going off. I mean, it's easy for us to say here because there aren't bombs going off here yet. It's easy for us to say, you know, pray for the peace of Jerusalem and wow, that's just so terrible there. I want that pain and suffering to stop. But the bottom line is um, birth pains, wars, rumors of wars, uh, we're going to see more of this. And as we do, it's, it behooves us as Christians not to drop to our knees and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but also to pray for the Lord's return. Father, we lift that request up to you right now and pray that you would bring comfort to those who are suffering in the region. Um, for the uh, Palestinian Christians who are kind of displaced, they were told this would be a place for them to kind of set up shop. And then what do they do? They elect terrorists to run their government and they haven't had peace. And Lord, we know that short of your return, we're not going to see ultimate peace, but please bring your healing to this uh, embittered and, and embattled part of the world and help us to be instruments of your love and your peace and your calm in the middle of all of the struggles here. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious and powerful name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, another reason we could say amen is it's Movie Monday, and that means we're giving away free stuff, three six-month subscriptions to Great American Pure Flicks. One of them could be yours uh, since I conclude my conversation with the man of the hour this half hour, and that's Aaron Burns, who's the director of a brand-new faith-based movie called Birthright Outlaw. If you have ever wondered, does your past... Uh, predict your future. What is your birthright? Is it as a human being or is it as a child of God? Birthright Outlaw is a, a Western, kind of an old school Western style uh, movie that's a lot of fun. It's a romantic comedy, but there's a very serious undertone. What happens when one of the main characters uh, has their true identity found out and it turns out that they aren't all churched up and they aren't all Christianized, but maybe they came from a, a history of violence and bloodshed and yes a criminal activity um, how can that person reclaim their true birthright as a christian you'll find out in this brand new movie and aaron burns is here to talk about it with us doing that next as the bottom line continues movie monday edition of the bottom line show roger marsh here joined by a man who is wears many hats and uh, this new release of his uh, is is you're going to you're really going to enjoy it because it's it's very well done it's very well directed and it's a story that I think many of us as Christians can relate to, too. It's called Birthright Outlaw. It is on the Great American Pure Flix channel right now. Aaron Burns is the producer of this outstanding uh, uh, project uh, and, and has worked with some big-name studios, too. Let's bring him on the program now. And for those who are watching on My Hope Now, you get to see Aaron in person. Aaron Burns, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you, Roger. It's fun to be with you today. You know, this is a guy who works behind the scenes a lot. I remember when Beyond the Mask came out, and I don't know if we and I met back at NRB in 2014 or 2015, but I remember meeting some of the guys who were part of that whole team, and I thought, boy, that's a great swashbuckling movie that was just a ton of fun. And then, then you mm -hmm. kind of morphed into working with the Kendrick brothers and have worked on some of their projects too. How did you get started doing what you do that's kind of led us to where you are right now with this brand new film? Well, if you go way back to the beginning, uh, when I was a little kid, I, I had a dad who loved telling stories. And so mm -hmm. every night, you know, the bedtime story is some massive adventure that's that's hopping across continents and adventures oh, and time zones. And then I had a mom who loved 
books and history and adventures as well. And so she would just feed me wonderful books to read. And uh, they uh, they homeschooled me and my siblings and would drag us around to different historical sites and and just go on and we'd go on adventures together and just have a great time doing that. And I think as I was a kid, just growing up, you know, immersed in storytelling and stories, I didn't really realize the power and impact that they could have mm -hmm. until later on. Um, we were chatting earlier um, about Poets' Corner in London in a cathedral, right? That you can mm -hmm. go and you see all these statues of these, uh, you know, heroes from history past that you've never heard of, you know, the king of this and the duke of this. But then you look in the corner and you see, oh, Shakespeare and Chaucer and, you know, the stories that these folks created of, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge and on and on that are continuing to resonate and impact today. And the idea that as a storyteller, we can create a character, create a story, bring something to life that you will carry with you. It'll become part of your conscience and part of your fabric is is very powerful and, and exciting. So I think as I was a kid, I was just enamored with these ideas. Um, and as I grew up into, into college, I'm not thinking that you could make a career with film because that was for right. the big shots in Hollywood and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. It was yeah. never even an option. But uh, God put some mentors into my life, and one in particular who got me involved in in campus ministry and in sharing my faith and just a, a deep personal relationship with the Lord myself. And he said, how are you going to use it? How are you going to uh, take what you know and the gifts God's given you and the calling he's put on your life to share share his love with the people around you? And that's when this whole idea of filmmaking, and particularly, I have four words that I aspire to in our films, timeless faith, family, adventure. Mm. And there's mm -hmm. very few uh, movies that are out there that an adventure story that a whole family would want to watch yeah. uh, together, particularly in the in the faith space. So we did that you know, years ago with a movie called Pendragon, which I played mm -hmm. the lead actor in this, you know, for honest, a terrible <laughs> King Arthur <laughs> kind of movie. We literally made it, you know, in our backyard with hundreds of volunteers. And we said, this is fun and interesting. Uh, and that then inspired us to go on the journey to make the movie you mentioned, Beyond the Mask, which is a, a very fun uh, adventure movie set in 1776. And then, yeah, God opened uh, doors for me to serve other filmmakers for a while and learn from them and invest in what they're doing. And then uh, recently to direct two films uh, for, for our company, uh, Legacy Peak, uh, which is a, also on Great American Pure Flicks uh, with Lucas Black. And it's a, a story of a, a father and a plane crash and an adventure there. And then the one we're talking about today, um, Birthright Outlaw. And so for me to to have the privilege of, you know, along the years I've accumulated uh, four or five kids uh, to make movies <laughs> that we can sit down together and watch and enjoy mm -hmm. and think and talk about is such a privilege. And so we we view it as such and are excited to share this uh, from our family to yours. I love it. Aaron Burns is with me today here on the bottom line, the director of this brand new movie called Birthright Outlaw. And someday you're going to have to explain to me how you accumulate kids. I mean, I, I realize that for some people they do, but you know, maybe the movie theater part experience is where kids start showing up and you become that kind of secondary home, especially as, you're, as your kids do get older. And I'm talking to a lot of grandparents here too. Uh, Birthright Outlaw is great. You mentioned Lucas Black. I mean, if you saw four 42, he's Pee Wee Reese. Enough said. I mean, he's got, I know he's done, he's got a great legacy of all the other films he's worked on. And then Sarah Drew, my goodness, Mom's Night Out is one of the funniest movies I've seen in the past 10 years. And uh, the Irwin brothers did a great job with it. I think it got mm -hmm. a bum deal at the box office. It was probably about five years ahead of its time. 
you put those two together on screen and you take this story in Last Chance, Arizona. Can you give us a 60 to 90 second synopsis of what kind of adventure we're going on here? Because that birthright plays a huge part in telling the story. That's right. So jump back, jump back in time to the Old West. Uh, we filmed it in Tucson, Arizona. And you have a, a girl who grew up as the daughter of the most notorious outlaw in the West. And she suddenly finds herself uh, with child and she's looking around at the world she's in and says, there has to be something more. There has to be something different. So she breaks with the gang, escapes, hides in a small town. Fast forward 15 years and our movie opens uh, with her daughter growing up and she's married to the town preacher and just looks like a nice, well put together uh, little prairie lady mm -hmm. when the gang shows back up. Mm. And all of her past comes spilling out all of the crimes that she's committed, all the lies she's told to her husband and her daughter and her daughter's kidnapped by the gang and they're left with a decision to make. Well, what do we do? You know, that Lucas's character who's playing this, this preacher, this, this good guy is he even married to this woman anymore. What, what does his relationship mean? The vows he made to her, she's been lying to him right. for her. Can she mend her relationship with her husband? How does she deal with her past? And for both of them, they better figure it out quick because her daughter's being dragged across the desert and is mm. uh, soon to be lost forever. Wow. So that sends them off on an adventure of a personal journey of faith, a personal journey to see if their marriage can be healed, and then an adventure to try to rescue their daughter and res wrestle with her past. So you'll have the gunfights and the horse chases and the small towns and the the romance um, and really that sense of swashbuckling adventure. But mm -hmm. I hope more than just the fun that we're able to entertain you and hold your attention and draw you into a story that explores uh, the origins of all of us, that yeah. we're all people with a past. We're all people, mm -hmm. when you look in the mirror, you see disappointment and failure and brokenness written across seasons of your life. Mm. And the the verse um, that comes to mind as we think about this idea of a birthright is in 2 Corinthians where Paul says, those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone, yes. the new has come. And that each of us have a chance every day to call on God's new mercies and to to rewrite our past and to, to rewrite our future as we look forward. So. Anyway, I, I may have gone over my 90 seconds. No, not at all. I was going to say, that's amazing. It's a miraculous. You're a good writer in addition to being a good director, Aaron Burns, because you were able to bring such a concise uh, synopsis of the story in a very pithy but powerful way. Aaron Burns, the director of the brand new movie, Birthright Outlaw. It's streaming on Great American Pure Flix right now. And you know what that means. Of course, at the end of our conversation, we'll be giving away some subscriptions for free to Great American Pure Flix so you can stream this movie and others. Um Aaron, let's talk about the, the what it was like working with the characters and the and the actors who were playing them. Oftentimes on a story like this, you'll see big name actors with big name resumes, and they don't necessarily bring a faith component, but they bring an understanding, you know, of okay, well, we understand what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. I, I get the feeling in working just watching this project that you were dealing with people who really walk the talk in real life. Talk about that. Yeah. So not everyone on our cast and crew is exactly on the same page with us. And I, I enjoy that, a chance for us to minister to them. So I'll lead uh, what we call uh, crew devos. And I have a friend of mine who's a set chaplain. So we like we love investing in the people that we're working with. But when you can find someone who not only is uh, talented and experienced and skilled in their craft, 
but also shares the heart of what you're doing, it's it brings a whole new level of joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, getting to work with Lucas and Sarah uh, in particular, um, along with with many others, uh, these are people who, as you said, they've been very successful doing you know shows and and movies. Uh, all over the world and, you know, that are gigantic budgets, way more than we had yeah. on our project, but they saw the story and they saw the heart behind it and they said, this is worth investing. And in. I want, I want to join you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bring my family uh, with me and, you know, Lucas and Maggie, uh, his wife and their kids came out and join us. And, you know, even Sarah's kids and husband came out to join us for a while. And just to have the experience together of telling a story about family, about fatherhood, uh, and to be able to do that uh, kind of in a community that we created out here in the the deserts of Arizona. I was, it was just a joy and a privilege and to get to welcome people into that. Uh, it's, it's kind of a unique opportunity because most film sets are just hard, brutal places uh, where, you know, your average crew member or cast member, you're you're there for what we can get out of you, ground up and thrown to the side. And not that we do anything perfectly, but we have a heart and an aspiration to invest in the people who make the movie alongside of us and then mm-hmm. to invest in the people who watch the movie. And we pour, my family makes the sacrifices to to come with us and invest in it. And so we hope that it's a blessing to your families as they watch it as well. I love that. I love that feeling. We've got about 60 seconds left in our conversation with Aaron Burns, the director of the brand new movie called Birthright Outlaw, which is now streaming at Great American Pure Flix. Um, You mentioned the fatherhood aspect of it. Take the last moment of our time together and talk about why this was such a key component in the story. I mean, obviously, it does facilitate the story and the way the story is written. But I get the sense from you, Aaron, that it's personal in terms of saying we want to portray the father's heart in the family, but also the father's heart in scripture. Yes. So if you look at the key roles of a father, obviously protection and provision are ones that are often mentioned. But one that's sometimes forgotten is a father's role to represent well his heavenly father. Mm-hmm. And that is how do you how do you do that? Well, it's with selfless love. It's with uh, sacrifice and, and and courageous leadership. Uh, in your home, the same way that that God loves us, He serves us and sacrifices for us, and and leads us where we need to go. That's one of our roles as earthly fathers as well. So we wanted to really show a man who is stepping outside of his comfort zone to do that for his family. And yeah. so I hope it'll inspire dads and it'll inspire kids uh, with the kind of man that we can all uh, all grow into someday. Yeah. Amen and amen to that. You get two thumbs up from this dad and husband and father as well. Uh, Aaron Burns, the brand new movie is called Birthright Outlaw. It's streaming now at Great American Pure Flix. We've got a link for the uh, the information about the story up at thebottomlineshow.com. And of course, we'll have some um, subscriptions here to give away in just a moment. But first, I know you're a busy guy with uh, release week and everything. Aaron, thank you so much for the work you've done in this project. And thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks, Roger. Well, this is really a delightful film, and I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to discuss it with you today here on The Bottom Line. And thank you, Aaron Burns, for uh, joining us for this Movie Monday edition of the program. Birthright Outlaw, excuse me. Uh, Birthright Outlaw is the title of the new movie, and it's uh, available now at Great American Pure Flix. Remember, this is the Great American uh, Family Channel, GAC, merged with Pure Flix, and now their online streaming service is called Great American Pure Flix. And we have not one, not two, but three six-month subscriptions to Great American Pure Flix to give away today right now here on Movie Monday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 
800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, we have not one, not two, but three six-month free subscriptions. You know, in the past, we've given away maybe a month or three months or something like that. This is a full half-year subscription to Great American Pure Flix so you can watch this outstanding new face bait film starring Sarah Drew from Mom's Night Out and Grey's Anatomy, Lucas Black from Fast and Furious and 42 and a variety of other films as well. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, I want to talk about this aspect of redemption. And one of the reasons why I think this movie is going to be a real game changer for families, especially people who like the Old West. We're going to talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Well, we have some good news from our friends at Preborn, and that is that we have a match in place that you've got to take advantage of right now. I call it the 15 by the 15th campaign. Uh, an anonymous listener uh, who listens to the Bottom Line Show here in Southern California has put up a match for Preborn. Uh, he, this listener has donated $15,000, which is the cost of one uh, ultrasound machine in a preborn clinic and said, hey, I'll put this up as a match. Let's get other bottom line listeners involved to make donations, large or small. And once we get to another 15,000, then we can give the whole amount to preborn and get two uh, ultrasound machines in preborn clinics here in Southern California. So what do you say? We're a couple hundred dollars in on this match. I know there's a bottom line listener right now who can make a $500 or a $1,000 donation, maybe even a $2,500, knowing that it's A, tax deductible, and B, going to be matched dollar for dollar to get another ultrasound machine in that will save babies' lives. Call 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or you can make a donation online. It's really easy. When you go to kbrightradio.com or you can go to my website, rogermarsh.com, and click on the preborn banner there. Let's save lives through preborn. $15,000 by the 15th of October. We can do this. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're talking movies here. Aaron Burns has been my guest. He's the director of the brand new movie that is currently streaming on Good, Great American Good Flicks. Uh, Pure Flix, rather. <laughs> Great American Channel. Pure Flix is better than Good Flix, that's for sure. Um, the movie is called Birthright Outlaw. It stars Sarah Drew of Mom's Night Out and um, uh, Grey's Anatomy, among other credits. And also stars Lucas Black, who was in Fast and the Furious franchise and a variety of other... Well, you'll recognize his face straight away. I saw the trailer and went, wait, that pastor is Pee Wee Reese. Uh, if you saw the movie 42 about Jackie Robinson, starring Chadwick Boseman as the titular character, as they say... Uh, Lucas Black has one of the most famous scenes in that movie where Pee-wee uh, comes up next to Jackie and uh, um, he puts his arm around him while Jackie's being heckled at, at yet that day's game. And uh, he, he comes out the next day and says something, words to the effect of, he goes, maybe if we put, if we don't have our names on our uniforms and we all wear the same number, maybe everybody won't be able to tell us apart. You know, it's just a, it's a beautiful, sacrificial love story there uh, between these two guys who are good friends. The movie Birthright Outlaw is currently streaming at uh, Great American Pure Flix, and we have three of these six-month subscriptions to give away. 800-227-5278. Just a few moments left to get in on this uh, giveaway. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, KCBC audience, you've got uh, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and please keep Rabbi Schneider and his wife in your prayers. They have been in Jerusalem uh, for several weeks now. I've been getting daily uh, 
updates from them as to their safety, their whereabouts, and uh, uh, keep them and anyone else you know who is in Jerusalem, is in Israel, uh, dealing with this right now. Please keep them in your prayers as well. Uh, Discovering the Jewish Jesus on KCBC at 4 o'clock. Robert Morris is up at 4.30. Uh, And then on the other side of this break, though, for those who remain on the network, we've just been talking about this birthright outlaw and this great story of redemption of people who are born criminals, sinful, if you will, who when you try to escape that, once you are grafted into God's family, now the question is before the court, before everybody else, but especially before God, who, what is your birthright? Is it that you're stuck in sin and you can't get out ever? or that you can have new life in Christ. The rewarding movie, Birthright Outlaw, answers the latter, and I think you're going to enjoy it. On the other side of this break, though, we're going to hear a cautionary tale about a pastor who, whose past caught up with him, and now he's facing life in prison without the possibility of parole in this life and even worse punishment in the next. That's all coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome back to this special edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, or welcome to it. If you are just tuning in today, it's Movie Monday here on The Bottom Line Show. And my thanks again to Aaron Burns, the director of the great new movie called Birthright Outlaw. Uh, it's a movie that is streaming on Great American Pure Flix. You'll remember the Great American Channel, GAC, a Great American Family it used to be called. Um, they have merged with Pure Flix. And so now... Great American is doing their stuff. They're all faith-based programs on the TV channel side. And then on the streaming side, they took the PureFlix brand, which has a tremendous value, I believe, and uh, always have. And uh, now they're streaming the Great American PureFlix channel, and it's great. I mean, just really wonderful things in this new movie, Birthright Outlaw, is uh, streaming. It just started streaming this past Friday to rave reviews. Uh, Lucas Black, Sarah Drew, a great cast of uh, characters here in this movie. Uh, if you like the old westerns, <clears throat> like the Little House of the Prairie type of vibe, you're going to love this, but there's a, a very interesting plot twist to it. By the way, we're giving away uh, three six-month subscriptions to Great American uh, Pure Flix, and I would love to get your name in on the drawing. 800 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, think about this for just a moment. This whole idea, the, as Aaron was describing, in Birthright Outlaw, the, the story centers on a young woman who is kidnapped and her parents, who uh, dad's a pastor, mom's a homemaker, uh, out in the Old West, they're, they're, they're trying to find their daughter. But as they are looking for their daughter, they discover that mom also has people looking for her, and that would be the sheriff, uh, who is looking for her because she is a wanted criminal. And you kind of look at that and go, wait, what? I mean, I thought they were trying to find the daughter, Hope, but they're not looking for mom. Well, it turns out that mom is not who she said she was when she married dad. Uh, Dad marries this sweet kind of western prairie girl dad's a pastor they're raising a daughter together everything is you know just hunky-dory and then all of a sudden the sheriff shows up and says no we have a warrant for her arrest meaning mom and it's very interesting to see how then it turns out that mom's criminal past is the reason for the kidnapping of the daughter it's it's just it's a great story but the idea birthright outlaw basically is mom's past comes back to haunt her Mom had been born as the daughter of one of the most notorious criminals in the Old West. And, of course, it's a fictitious story. So, I mean, it's not, please don't go Googling going, who was it? Was it Billy the Kid? Was it, no, it's, no, we're not focusing on that. But you have a woman 
who basically was trying to escape her past. And those kind of stories, I think people like the idea of the hero or heroine trying to reinvent themselves. Uh, a past that they didn't want. This is a woman who was born into a crime family, basically in the Old West. And now she finds a man of God. She finds life in Christ, has a family, has a daughter whose name is Hope, which is not ironic. And uh, it's, very, very, it's, it's very intentional that they name their daughter that. And then, you know, here comes the past coming back to knock. And I, I realized that, you know, for many of us, this is a story that we know all too well, isn't it? We know what it's like to be born into your circumstances, good, bad, or otherwise, indifferent. And then you are forging ahead with life in Christ. You kind of have to put the old person behind and step into the newness of life. But then comes the devil whispering in your ear, yeah, but what about what about this and what about that? And they're pointing back to things that happened in your past and maybe it's things that you did and maybe it's things that your parents did or your brother did or your uncle or you know whatever it is. And how do you overcome your past? In the case of the Birthright Outlaw movie, you have a woman who says, I am a pastor's wife. I'm a child of God. I'm a mother. This is me. And you've got the sheriff pulling up and saying, actually, your dad is a notorious criminal. You were involved in some of his criminal activity. And uh, no, actually, we want you because this is who you really are. You're the daughter of a crime lord, as it were. That, that's the real you. And so you can see this big argument, this dilemma going back and forth between, you know, well, what is my issue? You know, I mean, am I who I was born into? What family? Is that who I really am? Am I an American or an Egyptian or, you know, wherever you're born in the world? And then do you suffer along with those consequences? I think of the uh, Christian, uh, Iranian Christian pastor Yusuf Nadarkhani as a guy who recently, uh, let's say within the past 10 years, has brought this whole birthright issue to the forefront. This is a guy who was born in Iran, grew up in Tehran, but by the time he was 16, he heard the gospel and he committed his life to Jesus Christ. He then became a pastor. And when you're a pastor preaching Christianity in a majority Muslim country where Sharia law is the law of the land and death to the infidel is what they tell anybody who says you're not you know, Muslim, if you are confronted with your quote-unquote apostasy, then you have three options. Option number one is you recant your Christian testimony and start living like the good Muslim you were born to be. Second, you pay a hefty fine for the privilege, quote unquote, of retaining your Christianity. That heavy fine will invariably wind up costing you all of your earthly possessions and put you in some kind of forced labor camp. The third option is you'll be killed. And, you know, I, I'm not rolling through these matter-of-factly like it's no big deal. It's a huge deal, obviously, to the people who have to endure this. But to a majority Muslim country where radicalized Islam is the order of the day, your birthright is everything. God takes birthrights seriously as well. I mean, we have the tale of Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament. And Jacob, of course, is that kind of swindler type. And Esau is just, you know, you know, he's Esau. And at one point, I mean, who would think to do this? I mean, can you imagine? I was never that kid. Were you ever that kid? Jacob's in making food because he likes to read and dream and hang out with his mom. And Esau's out there getting it done. He's killing food and running a ranch and, you know, doing everything, all that manly man stuff that we now think is so toxic for some reason. But Esau comes in and he's hungry. Jacob's got the stew going. And he says, Esau's maybe a little overly dramatic. 
says, uh, please give me the stew that you were making for yourself because I'm so hungry, I'm about to die. And Jacob says, sell me your birthright first. And Esau goes, fine, I don't care. Uh, give me the stew. <laughs> and he began to realize, did you just say that your life is worth a pot of porridge or lentils? or Really? That's, you have so little value of your life. But that birthright thing in the Old Testament, you know, the possessions of you know, land and uh, the, the, the wills and trusts. And you remember the daughters who came to the leaders and said, hey, we don't have any brothers. Our dad's dead. We, why do we have to go marry somebody to try to keep a name? And they say, yeah, you're right. You know, it's a, it's a big deal in God's economy. And a lot of what's happening in the Middle East right now is stemming from that same birthright. You know, the, the, those of us who are Christians, those who are Jewish, uh, are looking at Israel and saying, well, duh, read the Bible. You know, this is our homeland. This was ordained by God. And yeah, there have been times when we've been all ours. And there have been times when, because of our rebelliousness and disobedience, God has driven us from our own land, but it's ours. And on the other side, you've got the Palestinian contingent saying, uh, no, it's actually ours. We've referred to this region as Palestine for God knows how long when there was no Israel and you stole it from us. See some of the propaganda that the United Nations are putting out. Had a very interesting uh, uh, email exchange with my uh, bonus daughter in, uh, in the Dallas area over the weekend. She was getting all the United Nations stuff and Sean King. And you know, the, the, this is where the Marxists and the, the, the people who are part of like the BLM movement that aren't part of people who really think that black lives do matter, but rather just use that as a front for Marxism and communism and buying, you know, getting all those record donations and then buying 10 and $15 million mansions in Beverly Hills with the money, not doing anything to actually help the cause they say they were trying to help. But they'll show you the before after pictures. Here's Gaza before Israel bombed them. And now here's the, the devastation. And so kids are going to die. And if you're a parent, your kids are going to die and Israel hates you. And it's like, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Let's get a little perspective here. Let's, let's take a look at this objectively. Uh, on the other side of this break, I want to do that. I want to kind of break down the history of why this uh, war is so important, not only to Israel, but to us here in the body of Christ. And help us get a little perspective, especially when you consider there are Christians who are praying for the peace of Jerusalem, but there are a lot of Jews who are cultural Jews in Israel who aren't. By some estimations, nine out of every 10 Jewish people in Israel, by some accounts, are actually atheists when it comes to the religious component, but they're only cultural Jews. Why is it important for us to pray now more than ever? And maybe that's kind of the table that God wants set before the Lord's return. We'll take a look at that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970. 
800-696-9970 or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Of course, encouraging praying, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And when people ask, well, how can you do that? I mean, Israel's running Hamas off the road. Those poor innocent Palestinians, they got nowhere else to go. Why, why do you pray? Here's the reason why. I mentioned earlier the 2005 uh, so-called peace accord, uh, Prime Minister, then Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, uh, basically ceding the, uh, the Gaza area to Palestinians and said, go ahead, set up your own democracy. And so what did they do? They elected Hamas to be their government. Um, I mean, <laughs> Hamas is a terrorist organization. They haven't had peace since then. As a matter of fact, when you hear of people being driven out of their homes, um, there aren't Palestinians living there. There are Hamas squad- squatters and uh, settlers, if you will, who are part of the terrorist organization. But for 20 years, they basically kept the Palestinians who wanted a place to live from living there. As I mentioned, a lot of Palestinian Christians are there. I mean, this, this is a Christian, Jew, and Muslim issue that's happening here. So you've got, you know, the, the three different major religions all you know, living semi-peacefully, as peacefully as you can, as much as it pertains to us peacefully, um, in, in Israel. And then in Gaza, the West Bank, you've got uh, Hamas attacking from one side and Hezbollah on the other, and Iran saber-rattling and saying, well, you know what, I mean, you're, you're insinuating that we did this and we didn't do it, even though they did. They didn't do it directly. They paid for it. Same with Syria, same with Turkey's waiting in the wings, Russia's warming up in the bullpen. I mean, all 22 different, you know, Muslim nations in that area, all aiming at a, a country the size of New Jersey. And yet that small country are the bullies. But the idea that, you know, people will say, this is our rightful homeland. You know, the Palestinians have been here and the Israelis came in and took over. I mean, the UN put it out a report over the weekend about how the, the Israelis in 1948, you know, used military force and, you know, it was worse than the Holocaust to take over this land that rightfully belonged to Palestinians. Can I give you a little bit of a, uh, a refresher course as to the land of Israel? This goes back to 2000 BC. And I found this post on Facebook, uh, reposted by Jim Garlow, who's a very well-respected of anybody in San Diego listening, remembers his time at Skyline Wesleyan. Now, Dr. Jeremy McGarity's there, and the Skyline Radio, of course, is heard on our uh, Southern California affiliates, KBRT and KCBC, or KNSN. Yeah, KCBC as well, um, five days a week. And Jeremy's actually going to be back on the program with me in another week or so. But let me give you a little timeline. This just goes back to 2000 B.C. and the nation of Israel. And we're talking biblical Israel compared to what the U.N. version of Israel is right now, which is much smaller. In 2000 BC, basically, here's the deal. Um, Jewish people, Israel. 1900 BC, Abraham is chosen by God as the father of the Jewish nation. Father Abraham had many sons. Remember that? Many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord, two, three. It's a great kid's song just to remind you that Abraham is the father of the Jewish nation. Also in 1900 BC, uh, Isaac, Abraham's son, then rules over Israel. And then 1850, Jacob, son of Isaac, rules over Israel. By the time we get to 1400, here comes Moses. 
Moses leads the people out of Egypt and back to Israel. Why? Because somewhere between 1850 BC and 1400 BC, the Jewish people were in a bit of an exile mode with God because of disobedience. And they wind up under Pharaoh's thumb and they're in Egypt. Then comes the Exodus and let my people go. So then we get to 1010 BC and King David is here. The 12 tribes of Israel, you remember them, named for each of the sons of Jacob. And Jacob then becomes Israel. That's the name. Um, David unites the tribes into one nation in 1010 BC. And then Solomon, his son, uh, builds the first temple structure in Jerusalem. That was in 970 BC. But then in 930, there's a bit of a civil war and Israel's divided into two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. The kingdom of Judah, of course, is important because of the line of Jesus coming through Judah. Then in the 800s, around 800 BC, you see the rise of the prophets, God's messengers. We remember that Isaiah shows up around 700 BC and, um, you know, uh, says, uh, for unto us a child is born, etc., etc. 722 BC, the kingdom of Israel is conquered by the Assyrians. 605, kingdom of Judah, conquered by the Babylonians. 586 BC, Solomon's temple destroyed by the same Babylonians. But then in 539, Persians conquer the Babylonians and take control of Israel. Persia is, of course, to modern-day Iran. In 538, the very next year, the Jews return from exile. In 520 BC, the temple is rebuilt. In 450 BC, reforms are made by the prophet Ezra and Nehemiah. Malachi shows up in 433 BC, and that's the end of the prophetic age. The next 400 years, God is, for all intents and purposes, silent with regard to speaking to his children. But that doesn't mean history doesn't keep happening. In 333, the Greeks conquer the Persian Empire. By 323, also the Egyptian and Syrian empires take over Israel. And then you've got 167 BC, Ammonians or Hasmoneans recapture Israel and the Jews are ruled independently. The Romans conquer Israel in 70 BC and I think that's where a lot of us lock in. When we're looking at scripture, we're looking at the New Testament, we believe, we'll, we'll understand, you know, when Paul's writing to the church of Galatia or Colossae or whatever, and talking about those who are, you know, in servitude, uh, that's because, I mean, th this is what, this was the whole point for the Pharisees of Jesus coming. Well, I mean, not that it was Jesus, but Messiah coming. They don't believe or didn't believe Jesus was Messiah because they figured that, that Messiah was going to be one who would come and literally rule and reign over Rome. So in 70 BC, the Romans conquer Israel. By 20 BC, King Herod builds the second temple. And then, depending on where you mark it, some historians say it's 6 BC, some people say it's 3 BC, uh, some people say it's zero, because we, we set all of our years and calendars to the Lord. But Jesus Christ is born. And then after his birth and then subsequent death and resurrection, 33 years later, by 70 AD, Rome destroyed the temple. And after that, people were captives to the Romans, the Byzantines, the Arabs, and Crusaders. And throughout all of these events, the Jewish people continued to live in Israel. There were more or less of them, depending on the centuries, but there was never a time when the Jews did not live on the land that we now refer to as Israel.
they stayed, they built communities, raised families, all that stuff. In 1948, the United Nations finally got hip to this and they established Israel as the nation of Jews. Now, there are people who are saying, wait a minute, this is not right. In 1948, the Jews ripped this uh, nation from the Palestinians. The Palestinians are just trying to get their homeland back, and it, the Jews have no right to this claim. And this genocide, it's just disgusting, it's just awful. Well, I mentioned the Hamas issue, and the fact that when the first, quote-unquote, open elections were held in the Palestinian region there of Gaza, how the first democratic elections, quote-unquote, maybe air quotes is more appropriate, uh, the first uh, open ballot election that happened in Gaza with Palestinian rule back in 2005, 2006, the winner of the election was Hamas, which is a terrorist group. I mean, if you can, Im- I, I can't think of another more polarizing group of people to so-called lead a nation. But can you imagine if the United States were finally in a breakaway situation, maybe the Southern states broke away from the Northern states uh, to try to, you know, the Northern states said, fine, we'll give you the Southern states because we're just trying to keep the peace here. And so the Southern states decide to form their Confederate States of America. They have their first election. And who do you think they elect? They elect the Ku Klux Klan to run the Confederate States of America. That's the equivalent of what's happening right now in the Palestinian part of Gaza, where Hamas is running things. But here's the thing, that whole rightful ownership deal and return to them what's theirs and stay out of our way and that type of thing, Israel. Share a little statistic with you about the nation of Palestine uh, that might help put things in perspective as well. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Preborn is saving lives by doing what the left doesn't want you to know about. Progressives don't want you to know that a baby, once conceived in the womb, is a human being. And the proof that we have is four-dimensional ultrasound technology that you can get for free at Preborn. The reason Preborn can offer these ultrasound appointments is because people like you make donations and uh, they're tax deductible and they provide not only the necessary appointments for the expected moms, but also making large donations that will provide ultrasound machines for each of these organizations as well. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. It's really easy to remember. 833-850-BABY or if you want to do the numbers, it's 833-850-2229. Your $28 donation right now will save one baby's life. Uh, $140 donation does five, 280 does 10. You can also give a recurring monthly gift like Lisa and I do, maybe $28 a month or $56 a month, $100 a month, whatever you and God decide. Make your best donation today and please know it's completely tax deductible and every dollar you donate to Preborn goes to the ultrasounds. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229 or go online to kbrightradio.com and click the Preborn banner today. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. As we continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you might be asking the question, why? Um, and that's a fair question to ask. Uh, it's biblical, but there are many people. If you don't listen to Steve Gregg's program, The Narrow Path, I highly recommend that you do. Steve has a great way of breaking down the whole, quote unquote, is there such thing as replacement theology? Did Christians become the new Jews? Um, you know, why does it matter? I mean, think about this. 90% of Israelis are Jewish by birth and Jewish by culture, but not by faith. That's, some reports estimate that there's not a whole lot of Judaism going on in the birthplace of Judaism. 
And remember, Jesus was a Jew. The gospel was presented for the Jew first and then the Gentile. The only replacement in the theology is that, and, and Steve teaches this, and I learned this from him. The only replacement theology that's happening is now instead of having the old covenant, which saved you because of your Torah obedience to God, now there's the new covenant, which is in the blood of Jesus. So there is no more Jew or Greek or slave or free, whatever. That's, that's where we are, is old covenant, new covenant. So anyone who says, I'm a Christian, I'm a Jew, whatever, we have a lot of Messianic Jewish friends who are still culturally Jewish, but and they worship according to the Jewish tradition. However, they also get to do it in the fulfillment of Jesus as the Messiah. By the way, that that history, I'll get that screen grab and we'll post it at the bottomlineshow.com, kind of the history of uh, Israel and the Jews and, and the UN recognition in 1948, but also the God's chosen people in 2000 BC, how far back it goes. For those who are saying that Israel came in and took the land from the Palestinians, the nation of Palestine, I mean, I've, I've talked about the fact that there are people who will say, you know, well, this is Palestinian land and the you know, Israelis are occupying land that doesn't belong to them. Palestine didn't become a formalized, formally recognized nation until 1988. Um, in terms of bragging rights and birthright and all that type of stuff, that land belongs to the Jews, but ultimately it belongs to God. That's where the Lord will return. That's the, where the Lord will rule and reign. They could squabble all about boundaries and you know, property lines and things like that all they want to, but when Jesus comes back, all these temporal rules are going away. And that's the beautiful thing about where we are right now. I mean, on the one hand, it's hard. If you're a parent, if you're a parent with young kids and you're watching these reports about the stories of where the baby's beheaded, uh, or women being raped, or they, it's, it's awful to see what's happening there and what has happened there. The devastation is just brutal. But when you get to the end of the book and you realize that Jesus Christ already won the war, and these are the battles, the wars and rumors of wars, that are the precursor to his return, you can have hope. Of course we can be there to bind the wounds and feed the hungry and clothe the naked that, uh, that have that collateral damage from where they are, but it's also a perfect opportunity for us to be praying for them, those people who are wondering what's going on around here. Everything I see is a mess and it's blowing up. And, but if we see through spiritual eyes, then what we see is these are birth pains. This is the beginning of the new creation, not the beginning of the end necessarily. God's in the restoration business. That began with Jesus on the cross. He's restoring and renewing everything unto himself that is rightfully his. Are there some things that are kind of going by the wayside? Well, remember Matthew 13 at the final harvest, as it were, when the farmer plants the wheat crop and then one of his neighbors that night goes in and plants weeds among the wheat and the next day he discovers as they start to grow up that the wheat and the tares look similar while they're at growth stages but as the gestation continues you begin to realize one's wheat and the other's weeds and the servants say to the owner shouldn't we just go in there and pluck all the weeds well if you've ever pulled weeds out of the garden been there done that bought the shirt you know a couple of things first of all it's no fun secondly they grow back. <laughs> I could never convince my dad of that. We don't, why are we pulling the weeds, dad? They're just going to keep growing back. But that what God says is, look, there's sin in the world. There's salvation in the world. 
and they're both going to grow. They're going to look very similar to a lot of people. God says, let them grow up together side by side. We'll harvest them all at once. Then we'll separate the wheat from the weeds. The wheat will be taken into the barn and the weeds will be bound and burned. So keep praying, keep hope. Don't lose heart. These encouraging times that we're living in right now are encouraging if we keep our eyes on the one for whose return we have been praying for. That's good news. And that's the bottom line.